This episode of the Grown Ass Man Hip Hop Show is brought to you by BadMagics.com. BadMagics.com. More than just an online journal or a clothing line, BadMagics.com is a lifestyle brand dedicated to keeping you fresh from art to the music to the gear. BadMagics.com. Shout out to the magic man. BadMagics.com. Defenders of the true school. What it is, what it do, this is Lawrence G, your hip-hop uncle. And I am your boy, Joey Burnham. And this is the, the Grown, Grown Ass Man Hip Hop Show, where we talk about love, life, hip-hop, and grown man shit. And everything in between. We're back. We're back. It's been a long time. I shouldn't have left you. Without a podcast to step to. Yes, yes. That too. That too. That too. Wake up. That too. That too. Jonathan Crane's in this bitch. Jonathan Crane with us once again, the unofficial, official third man of the team. What's crack-a-lacking? I'm flesh and bone. Yeah, Yeah, he's flesh and bone. I think he's the official. I feel like he's the official. What do you guys think out there? You think he's official like a referee's whistle? Man, fuck that dude. Uh, well, I don't think he likes that. So, <laughs> anyway, how was you guys? Um, uh, let's see, October, November, December, January. How, how was the February. off season? Are you are you asking how? Yeah, was the, how was the off season? It was a very <laughs> eventful off season. Spring training is over, and now we're uh, we're full fledged into my, going into the second season. My practice for poverty ended. Oh, okay, <laughs> it's what happened. <laughs> see, when you're an adult. You uh, you have to uh, you we made this we made a weakness of strength, okay? Yeah, yeah. Shit happened, and we just kind of said, you know what? This is season two. We planned all of this stuff. Yeah, like, yeah. Instead of it being like what actually happened, but you know what? That's okay. It wasn't a pause. It was like we was giving y'all motherfuckers a chance to catch up on twenty four episodes. Exactly. <laughs> that's, that's, I like that. Was. I like that. This is this season two, Mister Burnham. How you doing, my man? I'm chilling, man. Speaking to the mic, man. What you want to do? You want to talk about uh, why Tupac ain't underrated, or you want to? What you want to talk about? I need to catch up with you guys for a bit before we get into that. There, the last time I saw you guys, the world was a different place. Yes, the world was a different place. Um, uh, uh, things things weren't quite as apocalyptic. <laughs> no, you know, people people now are they're they're like rolling around with a hockey mask and everything like that, and they're asking people to step away from the gasoline, like. Yeah, it's it's an absolute wasteland out there. Yeah, man. It happened uh, all of just, you know, especially in November. A lot happened in November. A, a lot happened in November. Uh anyone care to elaborate or some about Trump? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It'd be fucked up if we weren't talking about Trump. Like, no, no, we're talking about uh Newt Gingrich. <laughs> <laughs> talking about my next door neighbor. Trent. His name is Trent. Exactly. Trent. I thought his name was Kent. Kent. I can't do it. So the question is, um, he got in in January. Yeah, yeah. It is uh, February. Is America great yet? (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, Trump has a plan for you you and I. Okay, okay. A plan that will propel us into... Slavery! Perfection. (laughs) <laughs> a plan that will put every American on a pedestal. As long as you're not brown. <laughs> or a woman or and Muslim or his, gay. His, his uh, plan will take some time, but I'm totally with Trump in 2017. Oh. <laughs> I'm going to kill you now. <laughs> You're going to witness or hear and murder. This Can week. I talk about the uh, all of the cooning that, it, that was going on associated with the inauguration and all that type of stuff, like sure, people, like people that had to be cut off the list. You got sinister on your shirt. That's dope. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. I have a, I have a Marvel shirt on. I don't think Mister Sinister's on the shirt though. I don't see Sinister, or is that um Doctor Strange? Oh yeah, it's just a dude who's wearing. Oh uh, yeah, Doctor Strange and Mister Sinister do kind of wear similar getups. Yeah, they both kind of yeah. wear vampire shit. Yeah, yeah. One looks like a full-on vampire. The other just kind of wears the whole cape. Mr. Sinister. Yeah, Mr. Sinister. Nathaniel Essex. Yes. Uh, the geneticist. Mm-hmm. 
but the uh, the African Americans who have left us in 2017. <laughs> Would you like to do a um uh, uh what is it a memorandum or a, bum, bum, bum. <laughs> exactly? <laughs> uh, I'll put 21 shots in here just so. <laughs> My mom used to always tell me that um you sometimes shit. what. <laughs> She actually did tell me that. That that was no. Actually, my father told me that. Yeah. I'm sorry. My I mama told me that one time, and I ain't gonna cut you off. My mama did tell me that one time. When this, I this man's I, gonna I go up, dark. Okay, no, for real real shit. I, I got up. I got out. <laughs> I got a job. I left the house. I started doing some things for myself. My mom was like, "Boy, I was worried about you for a minute. I didn't think you was gonna be shit." <laughs> <laughs> I said thank you, mom. That sounds like mama. I thought my my father, (laughs) my father and my mother. Since we can duel stories, my father and my mother were arguing when I was a child, uh, when I was a a young tot, Mm -hmm. and uh, they were arguing back and forth, (laughs) and uh, somehow, somehow, uh, like my mom mentioned something to my to my father. And uh, I think she said something like, so what do you mean? You don't even care about him at all. And he was like, I guess not. <laughs> and uh, I was like, well, shit. <laughs> and that started me my feelings my were hurt as fuck. So I was like, God damn. So, yeah, yeah. I, I kind of technically, I experienced that with him. <laughs> they, I knew that motherfucker didn't like me. And this shit was when I was like 11. <laughs> <laughs> It's okay when you're like 15, 16, like your dad could be like, nigga, I hope you die. And you're like, whatever, man, fuck you. But when you're like 11, that shit will curse your soul and spirit. This is true. Wow, that's this is absolutely up. true. That's fucked. Anybody out there want to give Brandon some love? He uh, he likes white women. Man. Um, yeah. In bundles. You know, everybody. Um, it, you have to be everybody a Everybody likes no, nobody's, nobody's dad really likes him for real. So, I, you know, I can live with that. I, I, I didn't have it as bad as some people. Like, my dad didn't, like, kick me in the face or anything like that. So, he was just a terrible person. That's it. You were going to talk about Trump. Tell yes. us about yes. Trump. Say, say yes, I was going to talk about... Uh, I was going to talk about... Uh, the cooning. The cooning. And my mom, she... <laughs> She told me that one thing about adversity. Cooning and the beast. And one thing about cooning is that, you know, um, when negative things happen, you figure out who, you know, really love you, who is really there for you. When shit gets thick. Exactly. When shit hits the the fan. The proverbial fan. Yes. And uh, that's what's happening right now. In our community, we're, we're getting a chance to figure out who's really with us and who's not. So when the inauguration happened and all of this, you know, of course, the the invitations went out. They were sent. Um, some people accepted. Some people said, hell no, like they were supposed to. Mm-hmm. And some people fucking kind of I let us down. I would have gone to the Trump inauguration. Mm-hmm. Naked. Okay. Naked. <laughs> painted in white with privilege written across my body. How artistic. Yeah, exactly. Well, who are you? I'm white privilege, and I've showed up at the Trump inauguration to celebrate my greatness. Well, see, that's well, why Someone they... hang white privilege, god damn it. <laughs> I know, Looks, right? like, <laughs> looks like a nigga to me. <laughs> Somebody kill white privilege. <laughs> I've never hated white privilege so much. <laughs> um, Even though I live it every day. But that's why they voted for Trump, because they felt as if their white privilege was dissipating. Why are privilege been dissipated if you want to really talk about it? I mean, but, you know, it kind of clicked to me as I was in Walmart, the place where rednecks frequent. Mm-hmm. <laughs> while you're to, walking uh, down yeah, the uh, aisles of Walmart. Yeah, Walmart is where, you know, if, you don't, if you've never seen a redneck, come to Walmart. And, and you were you were taking like they're a in the gander. wild. Then. It's like seeing the deer in the woods. Then you were taking a gander at the destitute. Exactly. <laughs> and you were. And so okay. it clicked to me. I was behind a lady who was a Trump supporter. She had a Make America Great Again hat. Hat. But she also had a young child. She paid for her food with WIC and EBT cards. (laughs) That's wonderful. With a Make America Great Again hat on. Yeah. uh, And my thing, I get it now. They don't want the shit. They think we want it. They don't want to be on WIC and they don't want to be on food stamps. So they're thinking that 
Donald Trump but a lot is going to do something for the white man to specifically get them off of social services when that's not how this works. No, there there are quite a few of them. I mean, yeah, they, I think there are actually more Caucasians on on WIC than than African Americans. How many of them do you think are on uh, meth? The <laughs> I, I don't have the percentages. I don't have the numbers. That's in a social me. service too. It's just yeah. I don't. You know, think about it. Meth is a social service. You share it. You have to go to someone and get it and receive it. And you, you're siphoning every yeah. day. Breaking Bad was a really good show. So yeah, yeah. It made, yeah we got to finish watching that. Shit yeah, too. it made it made. Um, I wanted to make me want to cook meth. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I never Fuck really around and cook they meth if you want to. A gourmet feel to meth. And Jesse. Meth. Fuck around and cook that meth you want to, you'll be on it. <laughs> yeah, that shit can. Cause yeah. if I meth, mean, meth, man, meth keep you up. Meth, like um, I've seen, and I think we've all seen crackheads, people who are on cocaine, people who are on different drugs, and they were functioning. They functioned, but meth heads, in six months, you can look like a normal person, and it's like all of a sudden you're a zombie. You belong on Resident Evil. Uh, that's how it works. That, Just that's that how you make America great again. Meth, meth is the reason why um, America's great again. Speaking of drugs, you know, Trump could kind of launch us into like a second Reaganomics uh, era so, or Reagan era. So you know, that's pretty. Uh, I hope so. It's time for me to get my trapping on. <laughs> yeah. So you think crack could come back? Is that what you're saying? Oh man, that would be very, very profitable. Man, that would be very profitable. It's been dry for a long time. Have you so. seen that See, commercial? Let me let me play the devil's advocate, right quick. Donald Trump, I don't support him. I think the fact that he was elected is clownish. <laughs> I was disappointed in my country because you know they they elected a fucking celebrity. You know, if, if Schwarzenegger can be a governor, if Schwarzenegger can be a governor, then I guess he can be a president. So all that shit sucks. But there are a lot of people that voted for Trump that aren't racist. There are some black people that voted for Trump. So <clears throat> I know this is crazy. I know this is crazy. But I, I just wanted to acknowledge that I understand there are a group of Trump supporters that mm-hmm. are not all bad. Then, of course, you got your assholes. But you can say that about every group. Me personally, I don't rock with Trump. You know, I don't, I don't rock with politics at all because, like I said before, on, on the Politrix show, I think it's Politrix. But I just don't want to bash the whole landscape of Trump supporters because some of them are really, you know, good people. And even though I disagree with them, they got even good people make stupid ass decisions. This is yeah, true. Yeah, I think that's what's this you know, is true. There are a lot that's, of really that's... great people that's fucked around and stepped in front of a Mack truck and just because they wasn't paying attention. This is true. After Donald Trump won, I went to work the next day and two white people. Uh, that I know approached me and they wanted to explain why they voted for Trump. I guess they didn't think that he would win. And so they came to me and they were like, Brandon, look, I, I didn't think he would win, but you got to understand. I didn't, I didn't know that. And I don't like, they were really trying to explain away their sin, what they had done because they didn't think he would win. They just hated Hillary Clinton. They hated what was going on in the country. So they just said, I'm going to fucking vote for Trump because, you know, I just want him. They tried to make a political statement with a vote, which happens sometimes. And then the guy actually won. So they were kind of surprised by it. A lot of people were surprised. There were a whole lot more people in that ballot that you could have made a political statement with. That's very true. I mean, you could. Honestly, you could have Bernie Sanders. You could have voted for Jill. You could have wrote in Bernie Sanders. You could have voted. You could you could write in anyone. People were writing in Harambe. So many people. Just were wasted. There were so many wasted votes. And I wish Harambe would have won. Because <laughs> then there would have been another. No, I'm not going to say it. Oh, well, yeah, <laughs> that's a bit much. That's too much. Uh, <laughs> that was going to be racist, people. But, yeah, this is a time when we could find out. One great thing about Trump, Trump supporters, you know, um, you said something positive about Trump supporters. You said, hey, not all of them are horrible. I think that uh, this is a great time because now we figure out, okay, if you supported Trump, you're either one of two things, in my opinion. You're either a horribly racist human being mm-hmm. or you're just really a kind, ignorant person. Okay. So 
that's both of them are kind of detrimental to to our well-being so i'm kind of like i i know a lot of people like that i know a lot of people who i've known for years who they actually voted for donald trump for whatever reason because they were just like well i got to go with this because that they they just they're going to vote republican no matter what they're going to vote just like certain people are going to vote liberal no matter what they're going to vote third party no matter what or not vote at all a lot of people just didn't fucking vote a lot of people chose not to vote and a lot of people just didn't give a fuck at all you know it wasn't a political statement not voting they just never fucking vote but um yeah so that that if you if you're in that area if you're in the area of um of just being a person where it's like i really thought that this would help us and you really believed it you fell for it okay I guess you're not as bad as the other guy. You're but. The road to hell is paved. Paved with good intentions. Exactly. The, the shit that this man is doing, <laughs> is, <laughs> it's unbelievable. I mean, I you, at this point. This I'm wouldn't just, be believable if it was a film. If it was a movie. You yeah. Would, it, it'd be like, okay, now I'm just waiting for the Avengers to come in and fix this shit. And then, you know, roll the credits. credits. But uh, I'm just waiting on him to make the executive order to grab bitches by the pussy so I can, you know, oh my God. live I my dreams. I can't wait. <laughs> and that's why I voted for Trump. <laughs> he grabs pussies. He tells it like it is. He's rich. And he has a wonderful hairdo. <laughs> and I don't have any hair, so I envy him. So you envy him, and he's orange. He's holding on. And he's orange, which is close to black. Right, exactly. Look, I think purple he's is a close colored, to the black. He's a colored person. <laughs> we yeah, have two colored people. He's, he's a crayon in a row. In he's a colored house. gentleman. <laughs> he's a gentleman. That colored man. He's a gentleman. He's a roughman. <laughs> um, but look, man, let's get into some hip hop shit. I need to talk to you guys about some shit. All right. We're all about the same age. We actually lived through 90s hip hop, right? Yeah. It was a great era. A great, great era. Yeah. I lived through 90s hip hop. It was a great time. (laughs) It is now when we start talking like old men. Back in the 90s, when I was a kid, MC Hammer was the worst thing going. He had now, he'd be a fucking lyricist. He had a fried chicken commercial. And it was okay. He danced for chicken. Now I wished he danced for chicken. Now he's selling a pussy. He did a gold commercial, actually. He's selling parachutes. <laughs> yeah, what's up, though? What's up, though? But, uh, what I want to talk to you guys about is this whole Tupac is overrated conversation that's going on right now. Because what made me spur on it, what what spurred on this conversation was two things. One, June 16, 1971, Mama gave birth to a hell raising heavenly son. See the doctor tried to smack me, but I smacked him back. My first words was thug for life, and Papa passed the Mac. I'm busting on these motherfuckers ball. That's Tupac. Um, Tupac Shacker. Tupac Shacker. Tupac Shacker was involved in another incident last night. Just do your job. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Anyway. <laughs> I had a flashback. Go ahead. Anyway, you know, the Tupac movie comes out June 16th. Um, and I was talking, I have talked to more than one person on Facebook, on Twitter, about Tupac being overrated. So I wanted to talk to you guys about that and uh, talk about, um, we'll, we'll start there and not take you to another place. Anybody care to jump that off? Can I Can I introduce Joe real quick, though? Go for I know it. a lot of Tupac fans. I'm in my 30s. I'm in my... Uh, Early thirties. Yeah, you're you grew up like in the nineties. All of that type of stuff. You're a hip hop uncle. I met a lot of Tupac fans. This man is the biggest Tupac fan I've ever met. He understands the science of Tupac. <laughs> I mean, he he has a true love in his heart for uh for what he meant musically. Um, to an entire era and to an entire generation. So um, I throw that to you, man. I I definitely want you to fucking lead in on this shit. Pass call. (laughs) Tupac Shakur. (laughs) Born June 16th, 1971. Um, No, seriously, Tupac, I can understand why they say he is overrated in today's era. These kids with the music they listen to and not being there, seeing what made the music if you base it on music alone and you're born in the 2000s or 1996 or 97 with all of that said i can see why somebody would say he's overrated 
Okay, why do you think people say he's overrated then? They you have say, your opinion, I state mine. People say Tupac is overrated because they, they're just listening to his music. They say he's overrated because they're tired of older people always telling them Tupac's better than your rapper. So it's a natural resentment they want to have. And again, without being born in the 80s and growing up with Tupac, you don't get a chance to see the product musically of him being shot at quiet studios. Mm -hmm. You don't get to see the product musically of the rape charge and how he said, I'm not making no more dear mamas (laughs) because I'm making songs for black women and I go to jail because of a black woman. His life dictated how his music would be, which you don't get his life when he's dead. You know what I'm saying? You have to grow up with that. So, but speaking of that, you can even go back and you can just actually listen to the quality of the music. At the end of the day, what we're left with is Tupac's catalog. At the beginning of his catalog, okay, if I was going to introduce a person to Tupac, I would not start them off at the beginning of his catalog and I wouldn't start them off at the end of his catalog. I would start him off with the two or three most important albums. It would be All Eyes Eyes on Me and Me Against the World and Machiavelli. Me Against the World was great. Yeah. It's probably my favorite. Those are the three quintessential Tupac albums that you should, because that right there is when he started to grow into who he was going to be. Me Against the World is when he started to uh, grow. The the matur the maturation mm-hmm. of Tupac. Joey Burnham makes a great point about um, when people grow up and and how they feel about something and experiencing an era. Because let's say someone asks you to listen to the Beatles today, right? Someone who grew up in that time when the Beatles came to America, it meant so much to them, and and when they made Sergeant Pepper and the White Album and all that type of stuff. Um, there's nothing like actually experiencing it uh, at at the time. And if you go back and you listen to it, you know, it it, it just now it's like, I, I don't know if I can connect to it in the same way. So I think that's where they're failing. They're, they can't get it because it's like they grew up in a different time. And that's my point. If I pick up Sergeant Peppers, if I pick up the White Album, if I pick these albums up right now in 2017, not growing up in that time, I'm going to like the music and I'm going to say, wow, that music is great. But what's the big fuss? It's not godlike. <laughs> it's overrated, in my opinion. It is good, but it's overrated without okay, but- the times, without that era to help you understand in context and to accompany with the albums and the music. You're not going to understand. Um, that's how it is with Tupac. You had to grow up with him. You, you had to be there. When Tupac died. The next day. I ain't mad that you came out. So you see Tupac in this video on MTV and he's in heaven with all these dead people. This came out after, after he, he died. After the, he died. The, the next day after he died. You got to understand that Tupac, people say Tupac, he predicted his death. I don't think he predicted his death. I just think. He just talked he, about he death just, I think so he much. He talked himself into it. Yeah. yeah. So Tupac's life has to be taken into consideration with his music. And if you don't do that, you will not get the point. And people born in the 80s get that the best. Well, yeah. what about the argument uh, uh, he's not he, he's, he's not that lyrical? That's true. Can we? Can we? Tupac, there, there are Tupac's many different types. There, there are many different types of MCs. So I think where he lacked, uh, he lacked maybe in lyrics on a lot of level, uh, levels in comparison, like Chino XL and certain people that you may compare him to um, lyrically. But there is an emotion that his music had that you simply don't find. You almost throughout music, throughout hip hop, is rare. That, that he touched, you could be touched by music in the way that he could touch you. Nobody um, touched you musically and lyrically. Like Michael Jackson. <laughs> like, goddamn, Lawrence. <laughs> <laughs> also true. I'm a stranger in Moscow. Lord, I'm 
<laughs> Nobody. We're <laughs> talking danger. Dirty Diana. That's my shit. Yeah, that's great, man. Yo, what up? I'm Lawrence G. And this is your boy, Joey Burnham. And this is the, the Grown, Grown Ass Man Hip Hop Show, where we talk about love, life, and, and grown, grown man, man shit. shit. Join us each week as I sit down with my brother. I mean, my literal brother. Yes, sir. And talk about everything from love to relationships. And of course, hip hop. Only on Fourth Coast Media. Fourth Coast? But nobody touched you like Tupac. Right. Yeah. Nobody after, nobody before made you cry listening to music. Tupac Shakur. Well, Nas comes close with certain songs, DMX comes damn close with certain songs. I can name his contemporaries and I can name people that came after him that come close. But Tupac is number one for making you feel emotion. His music is very immersive and you don't get that from a lot of artists. You had to be there. Tupac's music is timeless, but at the same time, it defines a time and an era. Yeah. And you really had to be there to understand it. And I know young niggas. I do. I know some young niggas right now who were born after he died that like Tupac as much as I do. So they get it. They they get it. They can almost time travel and go back and understand why we really clung on to him. I'm really hoping that the movie, when it comes out, it does the same thing for his music that it did for N.W.A., and it makes people go back into it. But once again, if you were going to start somebody in a Tupac voyage, what would you send them? A Tupac voyage? Yeah, you were going to say, if somebody came to you, if I came to you and I was like, don't I've, I've heard of Tupac. She's got a oh, sorry. Oh, well, if, if, you, <laughs> if you've never heard Tupac, I, can't, I come to you and say, Joe, I've never heard of a Tupac. I know who Tupac is. I've never heard any of his music. Where do I start? If I want to start him off light, it will probably be me against the world because Machiavelli might be too heavy for some beginners. All Eyes on Me might be too pop. But Me right. Against the World is the best of both worlds. So all three of those albums, and it's lyrical on the Tupac. Mm-hmm. And Me Against the World is rapping Tupac. That's his words. most technically sound album. Tupac was at a crossroad. The revolutionary pro-black Tupac met up with the pop Tupac. So you got the best of both worlds with Me Against the World. You got the revolutionary, but at the same time, you got the gangster. Whereas after Me Against the World, he leaned into a more dark gangster side. Death Row had a lot to do with that. Death yeah, Row that, had that a was lot, all and, and his life and Death Row had a lot to do with that. The music accompanies his life and vice versa. So that's what these young kids don't understand. Tupac lyrically, people talk talk about he wasn't the best lyricist. From a technical standpoint, I can name twenty rappers that are technically better than Tupac. Better than Tupac. Chino XL, Cannabis, Nas, yada yada yada. Technically, I'm the biggest Tupac fan I know. He's my number one rapper, Eminem. He's my number one rapper of all time. So I can name a bunch of MCs that are technically better than Tupac. But nobody gives you that feel. Tupac understood that if I line these words up a specific way, I can touch you with simpler words and usage, word usage, as opposed to somebody using a more technical style. Like Biggie, for example. Biggie was more technical on the microphone than Tupac. But I didn't feel him like Tupac. If you had like a hip hop championship team, you know, Tupac wouldn't be the dude who was like a 4-4 sprinter. He wouldn't be the dude with like the perfect spiral if he was a quarterback or, you know, he wouldn't be the guy who had the great lateral speed, a great lateral movement. He would be the the life and soul of the team. He'd be the quarterback. He'd be like if he was the quarterback to me, I don't think he'd be like the guy who was like the perfect. You understand what I'm saying? He'd be a Tom Brady. Yeah, that's, in, that's a good way to say it. He He's the but, leader. He's the one that people rally behind. Yeah, he's the heart and soul. He's the heart and soul, and he ain't the most technical or, in your analogy, uh, physically gifted. Yes, physically gifted. But at the end of the day, you look at that guy and say, what he does pulls championship shit out of us. Yeah, even though I hate Tom Brady. And, yeah, but Tupac was, like you mentioned, if he was the quarterback, he'd be like Tom Brady instead of being like the, the guy with the perfect spiral or the perfect arm. Tom Brady is just a guy who who kind of he, he gutted his way through the NFL, even though I'm not trying to make it seem like he had the weakest arm in the world. Tom Brady is a very talented guy, but he did more 
with what was given to him than a lot of more talented guys, you know, more talented guys who had the perfect height and the perfect everything. Because just like Tupac, you can find technically better quarterbacks than Brady, but he's still the best. Continue. And um, vocally, he had one of the more memorable memorable voices, if not the most memorable voice. Of all time. Of all time in hip-hop history. I mean, da-da-dee, Like, everybody does that, like, <laughs> that whole Back Tupac thing. elementary, I thrived on misery. Yeah. Left me alone, I grew up with Monster Dime Bree. Inside my mind, couldn't find a place to rest. Until I get that thug life tattered on my chest. Tell me, can you feel me? I'm no longer in the past, they won't last. Be the first blast. Remember, Katie. And that nigga, Tupac, ill will too. Nas had ill will. But Tupac was the first nigga for me to shout out his homies and for me to care about his homies. Remember Cato? But tell me, Lord, like every he used to shout out Cato, and I'm like, I don't know who that nigga is, but damn, but Tupac. I love that nigga. I love that nigga because of Tupac. <laughs> Tupac was the first nigga I know to talk about. He was and is the originator of the Thug Life movement. The yeah. whole thuggery. Wasn't nobody yeah, saying that shit before him. The first hip-hop movement was the thug life. A military-minded, the military-minded shit that, that was he was pop, talking about. Man. That all, was pop, too. All that shit was pop, man. Ice Cube used to say, like, what is the saying he gave Ice Cube? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was, that was Tupac, right? For real? Yeah, remember? Tupac said that first. I heard him say that first, like Machiavelli, I think it was. Really? I, no, I, I didn't remember? catch that. No, I don't. You can't make me just remember. By I thought. I thought. I'm going to employ thought into your mind. Voice inflections. I, I thought. I thought Cube. I thought Cube had that. Hey, but um, Crane. What's your hip hop all star team? You mentioned that. What's that? What's what is going to be? Um. Well, I think Tupac would be the heart and soul, no matter what position he played. He would be the heart and soul. He would be the guy on the Can championship team. Can we make like a team. real fucked up team? Can we like have go like ahead, go just ahead, just like one, like a, a, a like a, a point guard and a quarterback and a and a and a forward. Like can we? The, like, yeah, the holder, the holders, flavor flavor, flavor flavor is the holder. <laughs> okay. Can we just make a fucked up team? Yeah, man. I mean, yeah. I just like and just like not we could put big on the offensive line. He's the offensive center. Yeah. Okay. 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 Anyway, no, go ahead. Continue. You know, with your stuff. if you want to do the, if you want to do the body type thing, you know, <laughs> or if you want to just make it just because of talent alone, then <laughs> that's too easy. That's too easy. Okay. We got to make Chino excel a wide receiver. You know what I mean? Very talented. Yeah. Extremely talented. <laughs> but I want to give my personal one though. So. But he hasn't okay, given okay. his. So go ahead, give yours. I no, I'm just going. I'm just going by man. I'm What's just, the flow? Go ahead, give yours, nigga. <laughs> don't fucking call me what I am. Yes. But uh, you stupid nigger, don't call me stupid. Like, go ahead. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, I, I, you know, I just put a bunch of really heavy dudes on the line. I'm gonna put eight ball on my line. You know, I need heavy D on my line. <laughs> Play football, need, good footwork. Yes, yes. Now, heavy D actually, yeah, yeah had better did. footwork than. He really right. played football. Though, exactly. Right? Yeah. I used to watch. I think he was a fullback or something like that. I used to watch his videos, and I was like, "Man, I, I don't think I've seen a big man move like that." His feet were like they were educated. Yes, people were. would say. His we feet. We got our own thing. First album I bought, Bag of Blue Funk. Oh yeah, man! Really? That was the first album you ever bought, Bag of Blue Funk. I hated that damn album. I loved it. <laughs> was a people's favorite uh, Listen, uh, Heavy D album, but you know, so it, it meant something to you personally. It meant something to you personally. Um. The next time any of you guys decide that you want to eat vagina, I need you to go. Can you do that? Can you call me and do that in the process? Yes. Because I, I need to live vicariously through you guys because yeah, I, I have married sex. And it doesn't I'm trying to figure out who my kicker would be. I can't. Who's going to be the, ki- the, hip- the hip-hop kicker? Which is a very important, that, that's a very important position. A lot of people, I'm trying to think of a person that is an, is an important position but he's got to hold the ball. Yeah. Well, I guess I can make the outlaws. They're like members of the special team. You <laughs> yeah, know what I mean? They're yeah, running down there. They're making the tackles. They help Tupac. They're blocking. Yeah. They, yeah. They're, they're blocking, doing stuff they're like running that. Running their assignments. Right. In fact, I'll put every person, every person, my special team will be every person um, who's like a member of a clique. Like that, you know what I mean? Where the, you're the outlaws. You're D12, like. D12, St. Yeah, Lunatics. Yeah. Yeah. You're. Um, um, Junior Mafia. DTP, Junior Mafia. Right. Yeah, all those people. Important. They're important. You need them. Um, but 
they yeah. don't they you their yeah. parts when you when quickly. you make the Pro Bowl when you make the Pro Bowl on the special team you actually can't practice with the rest of the position players because I remember Steve Smith uh, side note Steve Smith my favorite receiver uh, maybe ever Carolina Panthers the first Pro Bowl he ever made was on on the special teams and he said that the special teams the the position coaches wouldn't let him even practice with the other players because they're like oh you go over there to the special team so yeah we got to put <laughs> keyword special. We got to put the outlaws on that team. Important, vital, but nah. You, you don't. You no one wants to listen to a fatal Hussein album. Well, okay, right. You say exactly. that, and I'm I'm, I'm going to piggyback off that. I would have Tupac as my point guard. Nah, going, going to basketball, basketball too. I was going to go basketball. I got too. Tupac. As now my, I got to go baseball. Let me Google some shit. <laughs> I got Tupac as my point guard. My power forward would be Scarface. Mm. My oh, center would be probably Nas. Jay Z would be my shooting guard. And what's the other position? I'm, I'm forgetting one. Power forward. My small forward would be Big Daddy Kane. Look for your baseball. Over shit. over Rakim. I'm really not gonna do baseball. I don't have that. Rakim. My bad. Rakim. I'm gonna do basketball too. You want to go now? Because I was gonna go say ahead, something. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Talk so that's that's my team. That's my team. With yeah, two. I got a lot of positions to fill. It's, and, it's football, so. And I and I want I want. <laughs> I want left Tupac guard, to lead the charge. Left tackle, right tackle. <laughs> yeah, we simplify this shit. Sportsman over here. Jesus, oh, we're going to go football on this one. And I'm like, you got about what? 40? Yeah, I got 44 more positions like 60, to go. 60 or 70, yeah. Um, but no one gets left out on my team. Yeah, everybody, was, everybody hits the field. Mm-hmm. You guys were talking so about the outlaws. Wait, Ooh, the coaching staff, our coaching staff, my coaching right. staff is going to be producers too. Oh, yeah, you know I, I was going to say that too. We'll dig into that. That'll be a later episode. Okay, we will, okay. We will, we will build our hip hop football team. Yeah, yeah. We, that's we that's some fun shit. That we, we will build our hip hop football team. We're going to do that shit. We're going to take that. We, we, we'll get we'll get to that later. We'll have a meeting about that. Um, Dre, Dre, Doctor Dre will be like the owner of the team. Doctor Dre. DJ okay. Premier would be the uh, head coach. Knife Wonder would be like the assistant coach. <laughs> Suge Knight is a general manager. D- uh, the DJ, general, general, DJ you know, Quick is like oh, the no. offensive, the offensive line. The owner has to be hated. It's got to be somebody like Suge Knight because people really don't like the owner that much because he's just some motherfucker who doesn't even understand. Puff football. Daddy, then <laughs> let's Damn. make him Birdman because they're always he's they, they don't really want to pay hands. a lot of money. And you see, Birdman can be on the sidelines just saying he's, shit he's that don't make hands. sense. It make it sound real fly, you know what I'm saying? Young money, you know? Pigeons in the elevator. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Pigeons are in the elevator. <laughs> Pigeons Young in the money, elevator. You know. Flushing quarters down the toilet, you feel me? <laughs> down the toilet. You heard me? But go ahead, Lawrence. Farting in the wind backers with my hands on my head, Young Weezy, you know? I'm from <laughs> New Orleans. Anyway, uh, let's see. My, my point guard. Actually, I'm going to tell you what. Since we're talking about Tupac, I'm going to put Tupac at the power forward position. Power forward. I put him at power forward because he he wasn't – for him to be a, uh, a point guard, he would have to have handles. I don't really see him as that kind of player. I don't see – you got to have handles. You got to be able to dish off well or you got to have a three-point. So if we're talking about technical skills, then no. And I can't make him a shooting guard either. So I got to make him a power forward because he's powerful. Because what he did, the lyrics that he had, they just, they're powerful, they're poetic. But he, he wasn't the biggest presence in the 90s. He was one of the biggest presence, but he wasn't the biggest. You get what I'm saying? He's probably like a two or three way tie though. For for the biggest presence in hip hop, right? Exactly. In the 90s. Right. Yeah. 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 Depending on where, Tupac? depending on where you were from, the, depending on like, <laughs> man, Tupac, he wasn't the so because you got to realize he was the most mimicked. He was the most mimicked. I mean, man, how I, many people? How many little Zane and everybody on No Limit? Everybody like. Yeah, all the all of the records. Miller boys, all of them have to. That like, was too far. Every, except Tupac. for our friend uh, Silk the Shocker, who no, he, decided, he did. He came up with his own thing. He did. He, who who decided to? You got to respect the man that decides. I can't rap, and I'm going to call it my own style. <laughs> did you see what I never thought that he was. I never thought that he was garbage, though. See what <laughs> having a brother does for you, Joe. Anyway, okay, so he's my power forward. My center is going to be. Biggie, that's gonna be my center. The big man gonna be my center. Center is gonna be, you know, just guys that presence Biggie. on the court. Uh, my small forward, I'm going not. Uh, my shooting guard, I'm going Jay Z. My point guard, I'm going 
Eminem. Eminem now, is a point guard. Eminem, Eminem is my point guard. Why? Because he can do all. He, he got the handles. He got the technical ability. He can dish it off. Yeah, you need that to be your most skilled guy. You need that to be your most skilled guy. And, and then, and, and then you got Biggie. You know, like close to the close to the rim. I guess on my team, I'll make that the corners because those are the most skilled guys. I gotta, I you know. We're going to flush your shit out. You have started something that has to be finished. We're going to flush that shit out. But anyway. Now, what I was going to say, you guys talked about the outlaw. I love the outlaws. I fuck with them the long way. Outlaw. 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 (laughs) Fucking outlaw. Dear God, God, I wonder, could you say They were the thug immortals at that point, right? They were dramacidal. Dramacidal. Thug Immortals. Then they became Thug Life. Then it was Outlaws, and you just had a bunch of. You had a lot of names. Had a lot of names. Um, the Outlaws went the fuck off on a lot of songs. They had a lot of songs where they went off, but it was always one person got out rapped or Tupac out rapped all of them. The entire team rarely had an all star. Perform, but on one song, all them niggas had an all star MVP performance, and that song where every member obviously Tupac, but that song where every member snap is goddamn uh made nigga. on made niggas. That's the man that that's the only song I can say without without Tupac. That shit would have been off the fucking chain. Wow, that's that's big to say. Made niggas, come on, because any song that the Outlaws was on, they kind of snapped a Jace. Like I think of hit him up, <laughs> like Tupac with the fuck off, and then everybody else you just kind of was like Tupac got me going. I'll sit through this shit. <laughs> and, and it was a lot of songs like that. It was a lot of songs. It was like, all right, y'all niggas snap, but I'm here for Pac. Made niggas made you say I'm here for Fatal. I'm here for Edie. I mean, I'm here for goddamn noble and castro i'm here for them niggas. blow the roof off the cool black i can't be touched that was fatal no 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 that was Gaddafi. uh i can't be touched because of the weapons i clutch and the niggas that i run with them niggas went the fuck off picture the scenery because for now you're gonna have to imagine call me your prophet because i predicted what's gonna happen them niggas and then it was like all right i'm waiting for Pac. But if he don't show up, I'm, I, I'm, I'm decent. I, I can live with and this. And then Pac come in with that. Boom! When I enter the room, niggas scared. All you hear is the whispers of doom in the air. They don't want to see me head on. Thinking about the busters that I had to leave dead and gone. Like that shit, man. That shit hard as fuck. And then Tupac got the. He's got just classic, not bars. Then the verses, just classic state, verses, just statements. A just lot of his words, his, his words were were heavier than than a lot of people who maybe they could outrap him, but it's like you remember everything that he said. His his words were more memorable. Right, Man. exactly. Hey. They planted seeds and they hatched, sparking the flame inside my mind like a match. Such a dirty game. No memories, just a misery. Yep. Painting a picture of my enemies killing, killing me in, in my sleep. sleep. Like, I never forgot that. I, I can't forget that. No. Even though I can give you someone who can wrap circles around that, but it's like, it doesn't, it's not as heavy. poetic. It's not as heavy. poetic with it. Yeah, man. Pac was a motherfucker, man. Wanna, I'm going to admit some shit for the first time. <laughs> I'm not ashamed to admit it, but I'm admit this. I'm listening to the Outlaw CD, the Yellow CD. After Tupac died, came out in like 1997, the Still I Rise CD. And I'm hearing Still I Rise. That Tupac verse made me fucking cry. That's the only Tupac. And all his two, all his verses have the power to do it. But I, I don't know. I guess I was old enough to really, truly understand what he was saying. That verse, somebody wake me, I'm dreaming. I started as a seedless semen, swimming upstream, planted in the womb while screaming. On the top was my pops. My mama screaming, stop from a single drop. This is what they got. Not to disrespect my people, but my papa was a loser. Only planning to have my mama was the fucking okay. abuser. Man, I heard that verse. I'm like, man, that shit's so fucking deep, man. That shit is so fucking deep. So, yeah, Tupac, what he lacked in technical, lyrical prowess what is the um, man? Gets the word up. That's one of the one of the the his better lyrical moments. I remember we always talked about was um, troublesome. You remember we used to, <laughs> they fear him in a in a physical form. Like we used to talk about that. Niggas talk a lot of shit, but that's after I'm gone because they fear me in the physical form. <laughs> Let it be known I'm troublesome. And uh, no, my that shit. actually is true. Just to talk about some bitch I hope ass this shit. Don't get irritating to the listener. Niggas just rapping and shit. Oh, just like, no, man. It's, it's pop. You guys don't like it. 
But um, fuck you guys. Don't just, turn the podcast. That actually right. came true because now Funkmaster Flex Flex wants to talk shit about Pac. A couple of years ago, I think maybe like 2015 or something like that, he was like, Pac was regressive. And Pac, fuck Tupac, man. He's saying all this negative shit, man. And I'm like, I'm from New York. I'm like, look, man, when he was alive, I don't I don't remember you saying shit. I don't remember you talking. I don't remember. You probably were tap dancing for him or something like that um, when he was alive, trying to get him to either be on a song of yours or. Now, now, of course, this man has been deceased for 19 years, and now you speak up. Now you say something. You're a fucking coward. You're yeah. a goddamn coward, man. Does anybody really even still care about Master Flex at this point? No. No. Is he just holding on to refugees? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, going off the beaten path, did anyone happen to see the uh, designer freestyle? On Funkmaster Flex, I've seen several designer. Uh, I've seen several. Okay, moving on. Styles. And his freestyles are far from designer; they're bargain bin. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I like that. I like it. Okay, but now that we now that we have lamented over good hook, that's it. Had a great beat. You can't no now. You can't shit on Mike Dean's production now. No, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not sitting on the song. I'm saying like it's just a whole because he got a whole verse about that shit. That little part makes a good hook, and that's it. Yeah. Anyway, uh, as we've coming to an end with lamenting over the great and wonderful Tupac, um, I'd like to talk about something that is, uh, in my opinion, very much overrated. I feel like Tupac is underrated, and these motherfuckers are overrated. And I want to know your opinion about it. And the people I'm going to bring up in this discussion are... Yo, what's up? This is your boy, Joey Burnham. Listen to Lawrence G and I exclusively on 4th Coast Media. 4th Coast? Three young men from Atlanta, Georgia, who reside musically in the trap genre. They've had hits like... Well, hell, I don't know all their hits. <laughs> Hannah Montana, they've had hits like Hannah Montana. They've had hits like uh, Versace. They've had hits like... Uh, the, the people I'm speaking of, uh, Joy Burnham and Jonathan Crane, are the Migos. Recently, at an award ceremony, and not so recently, but recent for us, Donald Glover thanked the Migos for making Bad and Bougie during his award speech. And people seem to think that this song is the second coming of songs in the key of life, bad and bougie. <laughs> they treat this song like it is a nat- like it is the new black national anthem. They treat this song as if it it is uh the shit, for lack of a better word. I the like shit. I like the song Bad and Bougie. I like I'ma knock the pussy out like fight night. And I like the uh, Don't Know What to Do. Those are the three songs by them I like. They're they're catchy, they're fun, and if you put them in the proper place, you can have fun with them. But when I want to learn, when I want to go to the next level, when I want to better myself as a human being, I don't listen to them, and that's as far as it goes. Um, now let me let me that say song this. is overrated. Yeah, bad and bougie is very over- the Migos. I will give Migos this. They got great chemistry. They have great chemistry. Their chemistry is is very infectious. They go have ahead. they do make hits. Bad and bougie is a hit. Yeah, yeah. Is it what people are saying? It's it very is? popular. Fuck no, it's not. It's all right. Um, I talked to you about this a couple of weeks ago. I actually have the album culture. You guys know I'm the hip hop liberal. I will give anything a listen. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. This that's why it shocked me because you're so so reasonable with music and you find the good in in almost all music. Whereas Joe is very fair. He'll give you a shot. He'll give you a a, a fair shot. To get your opinion across, um, you you do that with music in the way that you may take a terrible album, but you'll say, I like this about it, or I like the art associated with this. This is what I like about it. Even if it's terrible, you'll you'll highlight positives about it, even though even if you don't like it. And to hear you talk about not really liking that much about Migos, I was like, man, they must not have a lot of positive things going on for because I'm like, 
it's only you, so you would have found it. You would have, even though, yeah, a lot of their songs are really popular. Nobody can deny that. Nobody can. Deny I give them that. credit for the when they, when the Migos have a hit, the Migos got a hit, and I am not. Yeah, ashamed. that song that song is everywhere. I am. I am not. Ashamed. Don't get me wrong. I like Bad and Bougie, but yeah, it, is. it is not a cultural phenomenon. It is not. They were on Ellen. But it's not a cultural <laughs> phenomenon. It, that, yeah, they were on they are completely overhyped and overrated. I give the Migos credit for this. This culture, this this um, generation of hip-hop has stolen the Migos flow. Everybody is doing it. I give them that. I give them the fact that they do have hits. And I give them the fact that they do have chemistry. But when you dig deeper into a Migos album, it's like they almost have to have singles because their albums don't carry anything. It's only so much you can listen to for 45, 30, 45 minutes. Yeah, on they, the make, they make fun music. Uh, they got chemistry, but at the end of the day, you know, they make brain dead music. And, and and everybody wants to act like um And it is overrated. The beginning uh you know cooking the thumping cooking the coping the tap tap and ship it the the that shit it's 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 fun but damn it ain't it ain't the rewriting of a Martin Luther King speech like everybody's making oh my gosh the Migos just like you don't like the Migos it's like it's almost to the point where it's like if you don't like the Migos people would assume you hating I fuck with the Migos, but I don't like them like that, and I'm not going to be a part of. Yeah, you're just kind of you're just they're not you, you're great. not you're they're not good getting at what they do, but, but they're, they're not, not great. They're not they're great. They're not what people are making them out to be. People are kind of talking like it's. I, I remember I was listening to uh, ESPN, some show on ESPN. I can't remember like um, ESPN Radio, and they were just mentioning. Uh, I think they were talking about Bell Biv DeVoe re, uh, releasing a new album, and then they were talking about the Migos album and how this is like the new artful thing and I'm, I'm thinking to myself really the Migos what the fuck like they were talking like I'm telling you man this Migos like this is gonna it's gonna be like a Grammy nominated album it, it's just so and I'm like they're serious I'm thinking they're joking I'm thinking they're just like trolling and they're not and I'm like what the fuck are they talking about are you talking about the the bad end boot okay I don't know I don't know what they're hearing it's, it's different from what I heard what See, little I've heard. Here's the thing about it. I've been listening to hip hop for twenty plus years. Yeah. I know what the fuck music I've been listening to music my whole damn life. I come from a musical family. I I come from a line of people who know how to listen to music. You ain't finna tell me that the Migos is some cultural from culturally phenomenal shit that I just don't get. I listen to music. I've listened to the Migos. I'm not one of the type of people. They've that captured. They've captured the the essence of today's young person and the way that they like that. That's kind of how they speak about the Migos. They they're doing that. But you're not going to do that shit to me because I listen to the Migos. I know. I know. It's like for one thing, you 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 put the Migos on this artful level. And, and and talk about them in a way as if they should have a, a PBS documentary, but yet J. Cole's For Your Eyes Only is 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 not a great a album. A lot of people have treated because it's what we've talked about before. Like uh I think we when we talked about this, when you've been great and when you've done an amazing thing, people will grade you against that. They grade you against what you did last time. Right, exactly. LeBron James scores 40 points, nobody cares, right? Right. Because we've seen you score 50. We've seen you score 57 or whatever. So, okay, you know, you you did that last time. J. Cole obviously can rap. I don't know what Kendrick's next project will be, but I'm going to I'm going to make a prediction right now that whatever he does next, people will not like it as much as To Pimp a Butterfly. They just won't. And those are the people that are not invited to my bathroom. And hell, people didn't like To Pimp a Butterfly as much as. Uh, I think To Pimp a Butterfly kind of got. City. A lot of. I think that To Pimp a Butterfly got a lot of credit, though. That, it, that, no, it got credit. It was a good album. I'm, I'm saying exactly the J. what Cole, you're saying. The J. Cole, people have talked about that like it sucked. And it doesn't. It is the same thing. It is the same thing as 2014 Forest Hill Drive. It is the exact same thing. He did it twice. He he stuck with the same. And maybe formula. and maybe the negative is the only negative I can say about that is sometimes when when you're not is that he did it twice. Yeah, that he did it twice, which is unfair. 
Because if I told someone that you did, even though I'm not necessarily saying it's Illmatic, that was a really good album. But if somebody just said, oh, you didn't, I, he, he just did Illmatic again. Okay. Fuck. Stillmatic. <laughs> Pretty much. Well, like I said, man, Amigos, there's a lot better music out there. Um, And (laughs) and for somebody to come to me and say that Tupac is overrated, but the Amigos are the shit. Like the rough, the the, the comparisons they make to the Amigos being the new Beatles. Real real quick, you like Young Thug, right? Yes. Um, I want you to, because I, I asked this question, I'm like, okay, I mean, damn, you know, Amigos, Young Thug. What does Young Thug do differently than the Migos? And I'm asking that kind of so you can explain the difference, because I know a lot of people are probably thinking that, like, damn, you know, Lawrence G, he's he's a, a fan of good Young Thug. I think you mentioned good Young Thug. Yeah, good Young Thug. Not, not again, like the bad. I will say, once again, I will say, <laughs> you when you have a producer or a rapper or somebody who can use Young Thug the right way, Young Thug is a instrument. He well, he's he's good at two things. Number one, he's good in his own lane. Number one, he's good. You get Young Thug in his Young Thug lane. Young Thug is good. Young Thug is good when he has a producer that puts him in a certain direction and uses him a certain way. For instance, No Limit with Usher, great use of Young Thug. Uh, All About the Money with Ti, great use of Young Thug. Uh, Living the High Life with Kanye West, great use of Young Thug. Uh, Travis Scott, uh, Pick Up the Phone, great use. A young thug. There are many good, bad examples. Nipsey Hussle. Every fucking thing. (laughs) Nipsey Hussle. Nipsey Hussle is a bad example of uh, of young thug not being used correctly. Uh, Hookah with Tiger. That's a bad example of young thug not being used correctly. But the thing about the the reason why. I actually like that song. What, Hookah? Eh, eh, it wasn't the best young thug. There is no best young thug. Fuck you mean. Um, The reason. I'm going to ignore you because I told you I do not accept. Disrespect of a thugger thugger. I do. I accept it. I'm trying to I make want him, it. I'm trying to let him make a point about it, man. Go ahead, make your point. He's, he's fucking with me. I'm gonna beat his ass on television. <laughs> when we there get are there, camera, there are cameras here, man. There's a camera in my mind. And I'm beating your ass right now. <laughs> it's called a brain. <laughs> That's go, what that is. Go ahead and oh. tell me. About well, I listen to Young Thugs. I can't be that damn young brilliant. Fuck, nigga. But um, anyway, th- listening to Young Thugs album is. Number one, you just realize it's trap music. So you you've already gone to a certain, you've already come to this party with a certain expectation. You're gonna get 808s. You're gonna get trap hi hats. You're probably gonna get some similar beats, and you're just gonna get something different than when you go to Nas album. And that is a very far stretch, but you're gonna get something different. Jeffrey, for instance, or or Slime Season Three. The thing that the, if those albums you listen to him because he's gonna. His 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 voice inflections, his flow patterns—they're just they change from song to song. It's not. It, and Joe's gonna hate when I say this, but Young Thug, in a lot of ways, reminds me of Busy Bone. It's not necessarily always. Yes, Busy Bone was a better lyricist than Young Thug, but it's not necessarily what Busy Bone said sometimes, but the way he said it. Young Thug is the same way. It's the way he says it that's gonna carry him through a song. The Migos only say things one way. You do that seventeen damn songs. That shit is annoying. At least if I really, go to really Young not Thug, a lot of voice inflections. Really not a lot of um, not as much personality. Not, in an, the way they not, say not enough. Pers- not a lot of personality. You neither one of them are lyricists. Neither you know. Neither one of them are gonna you know bring anything on that level. But. One person is just, you know, it's a lot more entertaining. He's gonna young thug might go deba 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 deba, but he'll give you a deba 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 deba. Do something crazy with his fucking voice, and you'll be like, all right, okay, well, he he broke the mold. He tried, and and people are going to argue with me. But once again, I tell you, go read the lyrics to Danny Glover. Young Thug has a few lines. Not gonna say he's a lyricist. I'm not gonna say he's a he has bars, but line for line, Young Thug is trying. <laughs> his, <laughs> his 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 really up. his his influence is Little Wayne. 
as far as rappers, he does not have a bad influence as far as as, as, as Little Wayne goes. It could be better, but it's Little Wayne tried as well. He gives you a couple of lines. It's just more about how he says it than what he says, and that's what makes them more entertaining about the Migos. Snoop Dogg said, "I ain't gonna do that shit." Yeah, you're right. No, don't get me wrong. After all, and the figure, I, the figure, the figure, the figure. What the fuck you got me doing? Think I'm Snoop Dogg. Did, did I tell you? I, did I, I tell you about opinion, my? But I don't fuck with him. I mean, teach his own, man. I mean, I can't sit no. through a Chino XL album. No, I understand. I understand what you're saying. I, well, but did I, I, both, did I tell you about dance, my new character? Dance. Did I tell you about um, which new character? This is uh, Young Fuego. My new, my new trap rapper. I'm dropping his album you know, real soon. I'm pretty sure a lot of people are eagerly anticipating that. Yeah, they, they need to be anticipating young Fuegonomics in this motherfucker. Fuego. Young Fuegonomics, Fuego. nigga. That's the name of the mixtape. Young Fuegonomics, nigga. Hot money. None of them niggas is fucking with Tupac, man. None of them niggas. <laughs> None of them niggas. Young Fuego, Tupac Mike. Shakur. Young Fuego can fuck with Tupac. So, yeah, if you ain't grow up in that time, you, you're not going to get... The 100% full picture of Tupac Shakur if you didn't grow up in the 80s or experience the 90s in any type of way. That's just the way it is. With that being said, the only thing you can do is listen to his music. And you still should be able to get something, you young, you little young fucks. Appreciate his voice. Appreciate uh, the thuggery. Get off the opiates. Get off the Appreciate Tupac. the depth, the poetry. Appreciate the, the fact that the passion that he really cared about black people. This nigga was born into Black Pantherism. He was born into that. Shit. Such such a unique story, you know. The revolutionary family that he's a part of: Matulu Shakur, Afeni Shakur, Asada Shakur. His his life just meant more. It didn't rhyme. It just it just meant more. Yeah. So it was just that's a movie that I'm I'm. No disrespect to to some other films. I, I won't really. I'm not going to disrespect it, but it's just like with his his movie, his life was pretty much a movie already. Yeah. If anything, you would think that his his life his life story would come come before a lot of the other artists that passed away. It's it's kind of surprising to me that it took this long. No, it needed to take a long time. I, they I they needed so. to get this shit right. I don't. The one that's coming out now, I'm not excited about it. But I'm hearing John Singleton is going to do one also. So there could possibly be another one coming out after this one. And um, that's the one I'm excited about. That one about. actually is starring Tupac. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? Tupac. Resurrected. Because the one you're talking old. about in July, that's the one with, um, um, what's that dude? He writes letters to a young black brother. He's in that movie. Yeah, yeah, I know. He played Mouse in. Yeah, I know who you're talking about in yeah. the Jesus movie. Uh, he got game. What's yeah. his name? Um, ah, oh, God, I did, didn't guy, you have man. that book? I did have that book. Oh, damn. Yeah. So anyway, that's the movie Hill you're talking Harper. about. Hill Harper. Yeah. yeah, Hill Hill Harper. Hill Harper is in the movie you're talking about, right? Um, I didn't see him in this movie. I mean, they they focus so much on the who is he playing? Plays Tupac. That out of I read I know that Mano was in the movie. I think Mano plays one of the guys that shot him at Quad Studios. Uh, of course, you know if he wants to take that Rogue on, but you know, but they focus so much on Tupac that I don't know who else Tupac. is in the movie. But anyway, man, we finna break up out of this thing. Um. Anybody I think Hill Harper is in it? I could be wrong. But anybody go got a? We finna break up out this thing, man. Anybody got any? What are you, what, what are we taking away from this conversation? What's the last word? At the end of the day, when somebody passes away, music is a time capsule, and you may not have lived through that artist's struggles and triumphs, but the music is forever. So listen to the music, appreciate it. You don't have to love it. But appreciate it and respect it. Beautifully said. Beautifully said. Beautifully said. Um, that should have wasn't been like it cool to have Bukeem Woodbine in the video, and and uh, that was pretty cool too. That he was cool, Bukeem Woodbine. He was actually a pretty good actor too. 
You know what I mean? Tupac, yeah. Yeah, he was very skilled at that. He was a jack of all trades. He, this man brings up Bokeem Woodbine. We should have got a. We should have ended on my little. I'll probably edit. So it you're gonna have to edit. Well, I'll, see, I'll, I'll this is the thing. One more shot. He said the poignant thing, so that's why I said what I'm saying. Oh, you like to ruin things? Okay, I feel it's like not about I, ruining it, but, and but that that's what note, happened though. And on that note, that's, that's what happened. We're gonna I mean, break up out of here. This is like the grown ass man hip hop show. You got an issue with Jason's lyric, man? I am Lawrence G. Do you remember when he shot Forrest Whitaker <laughs> and in I the do movie? Have an issue with and that is Joey Burner. And you are Jonathan Crane, the master and, of fear. And we are out. And grown ups, like we always say about this time, don't go out there and do no dumb shit. Like disrespect a legend like Tupac, you little young fucks. And this Writing is you a letter. This is to my unborn <laughs> this child. Is the grown I want to let you know I love you. We out. <laughs> this is a Fourth Coast Media production. The Grown Ass Man Hip Hop Show is brought to you by Fourth Coast Media, produced by Lawrence Tremell, and recorded at Fourth Coast Studios. Fourth Coast. What?